0: Hello, this is Anna from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 27th of May. India reported 2.11 lakh new coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, taking the overall tally to 2.73 crores. The death toll has risen by 3,847, taking the total fatalities to 3.15 lakh. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. According to a WHO weekly epidemiological report, the B1617 coronavirus variant, which was first found in India, has now been detected in 53 countries. According to the report, the variant has shown increased transmissibility, while disease severity and risk of infection were under investigation. Drug firm Zydus Cadilla today sought the Drugs Controller General of India's approval to carry out clinical trials for a monoclonal antibodies cocktail that can neutralize COVID-19 infection. Monoclonal antibodies are laboratory-made proteins that imitate the immune system's ability to fight off harmful pathogens such as viruses. According to PTI, Bharat Biotech has filed a new request in Brazil for certification of its vaccine Covaxin. Earlier, on 26th of February, Bharat Biotech had been denied permission in Brazil as it did not meet the good manufacturing practice requirements set by the country. American pharmaceutical company Pfizer has sought fast-track approval of its vaccine in India. In its talks with the central government, Pfizer had asked to roll out 5 crore doses between July and October this year. It also asked for significant regulatory relaxations, claiming that its vaccine shows high effectiveness against the variant dominant in India. The Delhi High Court today sought a response from the Home Ministry and the Delhi government on a plea seeking the adequate supply of COVID-19 vaccines for the residents of the national capital. In his plea, lawyer Vivek Gaur claimed that due to a lack of adequate supply of vaccines, he has not been able to get vaccinated till date. He contended that while the Delhi government claims it has placed an order with the centre for over 1.34 crore doses of the vaccine, this has been denied by the central government. The shortage and wastage of vaccines has been flagged by other states too. Jharkhand Health Minister Banna Gupta today declared that the state will run out of its vaccine stocks in a day or two. He also said that the wastage of vaccines in Jharkhand is 4.65%, which is much lower than that of the other states. This is in contradiction to health ministry data that said Jharkhand's wastage was 37.2%. Other states with high wastage rates include Chhattisgarh, Tamil Nadu and Madhya Pradesh. The Gujarat High Court today pulled up the state government on the pace of the vaccination drive in the state amid the second wave of the coronavirus pandemic. The High Court asked the state administration to consider keeping aside COVID-19 vaccines for beneficiaries looking for spot registration, especially in rural areas. On the global front, according to Johns Hopkins University, the coronavirus has now infected over 166.9 million people and killed over 3.45 million. Three days after the Delhi police visited Twitter's office in New Delhi to serve a notice related to tweets flagged as manipulated media, the social media company expressed concern for its employees in India and the potential threat of freedom of expression in the country. A spokesperson for Twitter said, and I quote, Right now, we are concerned by recent events regarding our employees in India and the potential threat to freedom of expression for the people we serve. We, alongside many in civil society in India and around the world, have concerns with regards to the use of intimidation tactics by the police in response to enforcement of our global terms of service, as well as with core elements of the new IT rules. Further, Twitter said that while it strives to comply with applicable law in the country, It plans to advocate for changes to elements of the new IT rules that inhibit free open conversation." The tweets flagged as manipulated media had been put out by BJP national spokesperson Sambit Patra. They had alleged that the Congress was perpetually using a toolkit to exploit the pandemic to tarnish Modi's image. Subsequently, the police paid a call to Twitter's office. Meanwhile, the central government has denied a right to information request by Bihar based RTI activist Kanhaya Kumar. The request saw details of a notice sent to Twitter to block 52 posts critical of the centre's handling of the second wave of the pandemic. On 23rd of April, the tweets were taken down from Twitter following the orders from the government. The centre had claimed that they were spreading fake news. In its reply, The government cited Section 69A of the Information Technology Act 2009. It said that the Act has provisions that allow information to be blocked from public access if it harms the country's sovereignty, integrity, defence, security, foreign affairs or public order. With both WhatsApp flagging privacy concerns in India and Twitter worrying about freedom of expression, we are left wondering, what is the future of the press in India? The recent news from Lakshadweep illustrates the stifling of press freedom in India. Last week, the Union Territory's only media house, Dweep Diary, had some of its reports temporarily blocked by the Department of Telecommunications. Both the reports were critical of the administration, in the background of the growing unrest in Lakshadweep over a slew of actions taken by its administrator, Praful Patel. Dweep Diary didn't even receive a formal intimation from the government about why its reports were temporarily blocked online. My colleague Deeksha Munjal spoke to Mohammad Nushad, who is a part of the editorial team of Dweep Diary. Nashad also talked about how mainstream news organizations took their time to report on the current issues in Lakshwadeep. Read Deeksha's report on our website. It is titled Free Press is a Casualty as Lakshwadeep's BJP administrator rips up the rulebook. Dear listeners, in the 2021 World Press Freedom Index, India retained 142nd spot out of the total of 180 countries, making it one of the world's most dangerous countries for journalists. At times such as these, it's important to endorse the idea of a free press. Journalism needs to speak truth to power, but the government doesn't always make it easy to do so the survival of an independent news media platform like us is crucial. So, I urge you to extend your support. Do not let our voice die. Your support will enable us to keep up the work we are doing and will let the media flourish. You can do so by clicking on the subscribe button at the top right-hand corner on our website. Our subscription starts at as low as 300 rupees a month. In a letter to Prime Minister Narendra Modi, Nationalist Congress Party Chief Sharad Pawar has expressed his concerns over recent decisions taken by Lakshadeep Administrator Praful Patel, pointing out that they will lead to the destruction of traditional means of livelihood and unique culture of the island. The sweeping changes and legislations proposed by Patel include a ban on beef, a gunda act though the Union territory has fairly low crime rates, changes in panchayat rules, a contentious draft of land reforms, and a change in COVID protocol. Seeking the Prime Minister's intervention in the matter, Pawar demanded that the orders and decisions taken by the Lakshwadeep administration be re-examined, and necessary directions should be passed to withdraw them. He also sought the appointment of a new administrator who can work in close cooperation with people's representatives, and can take a holistic approach to work with the native people. Other opposition parties like CPIM and Congress have also demanded Patel's removal, accusing him of harassing local people and carrying out the political agenda of the BJP to target Lakshwadeep's large Muslim population. Three people died in Odisha and one person was killed in West Bengal today as Cyclone Yas hit India's eastern coast. The cyclone battered 20,000 mud homes in West Bengal and has flooded 128 villages in Odisha. Relief operations have now been initiated in both states. NDTV reported that seven Indian Navy teams from Vishakhapatnam are involved in relief operations in West Bengal. Chief Minister Mamata Banerjee has so far allocated relief material worth rupees 10 crore. In Odisha, Chief Minister Naveen Patnaik has announced that the affected families in the villages would get food for seven days. The cyclonic storm has weakened into a deep depression. At 11.30pm yesterday, the India Meteorological Department said the cyclone lay centred over south Jharkhand and adjoining north interior Odisha. It is likely to move northwestwards and weaken gradually into a depression during the next 12 hours. Meanwhile, in Jharkhand, National Disaster Response Force teams are on alert, for the Cyclones Path and 500 relief teams are already on the ground. Fugitive businessman Mehul Choksi has been held in the Caribbean island nation of Dominica, days after he was reported missing from Antigua and Barbuda. Local media reports stated that Choksi is currently in custody of the Dominica's investigation agencies. Choksi, who had been staying in Antigua and Barbuda since 2018, is wanted by India's Central Bureau of Investigation and the Enforcement Directorate in connection with the 13,000 crore Punjab National Bank fraud case. The police in Dominica captured Choksi after an Interpol yellow notice was issued by Antigua and Barbuda. ANI reported that he was trying to flee to Cuba. Following his arrest, Antiguan Prime Minister Gaston Brownie said, He has asked the Dominican government to have Choksi repatriated to India. Indian authorities have not yet given an official statement on the matter. The Antiguan government has said on several occasions that it is ready to extradite Choksi to India. His extradition case, as well as the revocation of citizenship by Antigua, is currently being pursued in a court in the Caribbean country, which has also been challenged by Choksi. The Central Public Works Department has decided to transplant 1,838 trees from the campus of Indira Gandhi National Centre for the Arts, which is proposed to be demolished under the Central Vista Redevelopment Project. According to NDTV, the CPWD has invited bids in which the agency concerned will have to transplant the trees in 60 days. Meanwhile, a total of 365 days will be given in addition for the maintenance of the transplanted trees. The entire project is speculated at an estimated cost of rupees 1.86 crores. The CPWD has also proposed to avoid the cutting of trees to the maximum extent. It has recommended transplanting the affected trees within the site or in the vicinity in a phased manner. According to the bid document the entire process of translocation will be videographed and submitted fortnightly to the CPWD if the concerned agency fails to do so a penalty of rupees 5000 will be imposed last month the CPWD had also invited bids for three new office buildings under the common central secretariat along rajpath at a cost of 3269 crore rupees apart from this 139 crore was set aside for five years' maintenance. The new buildings will come on the plot, where the Indira Gandhi National Centre for the Arts is currently located. A prominent Pakistani journalist, Asad Ali Tour was assaulted by three unidentified men after they broke into his apartment in the late hours of Tuesday. The journalist, his lawyer and the police have flagged it as blatant violence targeting press freedom in the South Asian country. According to Al Jazeera, Tours said that the attackers identified themselves as belonging to the Inter-Services Intelligence or ISI agency, which is Pakistan's military intelligence service. ISI has been accused by right groups of involvement in enforced disappearances and extrajudicial killings in the past. On Wednesday, dozens of people protested against the attack on tour at a demonstration outside the press club in the capital of Islamabad. They called for accountability for those who have attacked journalists even in the past. That's all the news we have for you today. Hold on during these distressing times. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform.